0: Welcome to the Pilot Podcast,
1: where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this?
0: I'm your host BJ, along with my co-host Me Too, and this week we're checking out the new ABC show, A Million Little Things.
1: So stay tuned to the end to find out whether BJ and I figured out why it was called A Million Little Things.
0: Spoiler, we did.
1: We did, but we did We learned a new phrase in the process because apparently friendship is not one big thing. Friendship is a million little things. From the bottom of both of our hearts, we had never heard those phrases before. And I'm not sure what cultural conversations we are missing for that.
0: Okay. So let's find out what the million little things are all about. Tell us, Me Too.
1: Catchy. I feel like this is the last time we'll be laughing since the show is so sad. Okay. So we have four friends, Gary, John... Eddie and Rome, and Mm -hmm. they've been friends for I think nine years. And the central storyline is basically that Jonathan is the friend that they think has it all together. He's successful, he has this really beautiful family, successful business practice, and he dies by suicide. And that's the central, that's not like a spoiler or anything. That's the central question of the pilot episode is why would he take his own life and mm-hmm. so his friends through both humor and love are trying to figure out why they didn't know jonathan as well as they did or as, as well as they thought that they did and mm-hmm. there's a bunch of side stories with their various love interests rome who also uh contemplated suicide and almost went through with it until he got a call actually about John's suicide. He and his wife are Regina are married and she's best friends with John's wife. There's like, you know, it's with that big friendship that's all intertwined. And then Gary is, he has breast cancer and he mm-hmm. meets Maggie at his breast cancer support group. And that's a romantic relationship. And then Eddie is married to Catherine. But we find out a little mm-hmm. something something about Eddie's love life later in the episode, which we won't, I don't think we'll spoil. Because it's a big reveal. I think that's the central plot of this first episode.
0: Yeah, that covers all the characters, introduces us to the group of friends, and now this new sudden change in their friendship. That's kind of sending them on this new journey to kind of reevaluate what they knew about their friend, John, and how that really affects how they see their own lives. Because mm-hmm. it... As we see from the very beginning, it affects Rome and the decision he makes about his own life.
1: So they met when the four of them were stuck in an elevator and they went from casually chatting to having this really deep conversation. And a few hours later when they were rescued, um, John had actually convinced them to buy season tickets to Bruins games because they're all Bruins fans. The show is set in Boston. And so they just formed this, you know, nine year long going on lifetime, uh, you know, for I guess 3 of oh. them. <laughs> they they go on this friendship this like huge friendship journey where they're going to these games and they're bonded around that but they realize that although this friendship seemed to define them they weren't really putting in the work as friends to each other like they weren't really checking in because each of them we don't want to give away spoilers but each of them is going through some pretty big things and they're not talking to each other about it although they're defined by the fact that the four of them are these like you know bros forever
0: yeah they care a lot about each other and a lot of time together, but they have very surface level friendships.
1: But I think that is authentic too, because I yeah. feel like so many friendships, you and I talk about this all the time that like it's so easy to carry on these long-term friendships where all it is is like you're connected around this one class you took or this job you had or a
0: podcast a
1: a (laughs) podcast things in your life that bonded you to that person but you end up pretty much only talking about that it feels like they had one of those friendships where it turned into them only like joking around and then talking about the Bruins even at Mm -hmm. the funeral they were just joking around with each other which I get is a coping mechanism but I was like man y'all need to really sit down and talk and thankfully they do have that moment later at least with Rome finally telling them that he attempted suicide as well yeah
0: I think you bring up a good point it is fine to have those more uh simple friendships yeah but it really does take a serious life event a serious change for you to, to then evaluate like if this is someone I care about so much why are they not involved more in my life and why am I not more involved in their life
1: and why is it sometimes easier to talk to a complete stranger instead of one of your good friends exactly and obviously that always has to do with like I mean not always but shame and embarrassment and stigma and not to get too serious on our lighthearted podcast but I think it's something like one in four people experiences some issue with mental health
0: that high
1: yeah Wow. it's a it's it's yeah it's one in four and then Every 40 seconds, someone dies by suicide. And so these aren't made-up problems, and people Mm -hmm. should feel comfortable. You have to find at least that one person to talk to, even if it's using Crisis Text Line or the National Mm -hmm. Suicide Prevention Hotline. you, You just have to connect. You have to talk. There was that moment where Rome, or Romney Malco's character, who has the range, he went from comedy to drama very nicely, where he kind of has this breakdown and like sobs in Gary's arms. It felt like he was talking about his depression for the first time. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really beautiful moment in the show because it's like, you need to let this stuff out.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, you bring up a good point. It is weird that sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger. Mm -hmm. But for our listeners, if that is easier, do that. Like, tell the stranger.
1: Oh, and um, the Not Okay app is really cool so apps the not okay app was actually invented by these two young black teens when one hannah was dealing with like uh, was dealing with a, a chronic issue that affected her health and she was experiencing a lot of teasing in school and she ended up attempting suicide a few times and on one of the occasions her mom and her brother charlie caught her her younger brother charlie and she finally broke down and told them what she was experiencing that kids were teasing her They were threatening to do stuff to her when she passed out from her chronic illness. And she was like, I just need something that helps me be able to send out an alert or something that helps me tell people in my life that I'm not doing okay. And it's okay to not do okay, but you need to reach out. And so her brother built the wireframe like that week for this app to basically do just that. So you download the Not Okay app, you load like three or four trusted contacts in there and then even if you don't have the energy, if you're too depressed to send a full text, you can just send click a button on the app and it tells like, it contacts your trusted contacts and says, you know, uh, Me Too is not doing well. Call her, text her, do something to check in. And it offers you mm-hmm. little tips for those interactions. And then if no one reaches back out to you, you're actually put in contact with the crisis text line. How cool is that?
0: Yeah. And also explore whatever other resources you have. You know, if, for example, you don't feel like you have trusted contacts, you can always reach out to like your HR department, depending on the size of your organization your local religious institution. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of support groups out there of people who are just willing to listen to like whatever you have to say.
1: Community center, um, a lot of colleges offer free mental health counseling.
0: Mm-hmm. It's probably available to you for free and you don't even know.
1: So sorry, <laughs> that tangent. But what are your reactions to the show?
0: I thought it was very emotional, emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. Because these are some heavy topics that they really just dive straight into. But I like that they aren't afraid to go there. I like that they're not afraid to have men show emotion. I think that's really good to be putting on TV. Yeah,
1: especially with each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let, the, let it be known that you should be comfortable to just... You know, when you are having those emotional moments, it's okay to show that and let that out. Mm -hmm. Don't keep that all bottled up inside. And I really think that this is going to be a helpful show. There's going to be an audience out there who's going to find a lot of benefit from seeing what these characters are going through. And whether or not they're relating to it or kind of inspired to take better steps for themselves or a loved one, I hope that this continues on at least for a full season, so it can have that lasting impact.
1: Yeah, I think it'll help people. I know that you and I both read some critiques of the show that I think are really valid, um, and we can get into that in a second. But I'm excited, especially to see like Romney Malco's character Rome start therapy. I think Mm -hmm. something like that could be cool for people to see where they might think doing something like starting therapy is daunting and... Any opportunity to destigmatize and open up conversations around mental health and getting help for your mental health hopefully are are good.
0: Yeah. And bringing awareness to the fact that men can get breast cancer too. 1%. 1, 1%. Shout out yeah. to
1: James Roday for that. So how do you feel about some of the, the negative critiques of the show?
0: I get it. So one of the critiques that stood out to me is that maybe some of these friendships don't seem very genuine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always a tricky thing to put in shows because you are writing made-up fictional characters with fictional history, fictional relationships. And I also think it really depends on the viewer at what they consider a genuine friendship. Mm -hmm. So some of it seemed a little forced to me, but not in a way that I wouldn't expect from a TV series.
1: Yeah, that's fair. The other major critique that I think you and I saw a little bit the show potentially romanticizing the concept of suicide a little bit it someone called it like an adult 13 reasons why where you know because 13 reasons why is also critically acclaimed and critically panned for its depictions of suicide and and the kind of like i'll show them mentality of suicide that is so dangerous and leads to suicidal ideation yeah the idea that The show tagline which you pointed out is everything happens for a reason and it's a show centered around suicide and it leads to these friends forming these deeper bonds. Tragedy does like bring you close to people, but yeah, I don't know. That's it is dicey.
0: Yeah, it's touchy subject. You can easily go too far in making it very TV friendly. So we'll see what they do. But why not switch to a more lighthearted topic? I'm in. Who's your favorite character?
1: Um, Rome. I had a feeling you'd say that because I—I I don't even know if it's because he's my favorite character. I think he's the most likable of the characters, actually, mm-hmm. but also because I love the actor. Mm-hmm. What about you? You gotta love Rome too. You know you don't want to agree with me, but you are gonna say Rome?
0: Going to say no, you just
1: gonna say any old name, Gary. Just mm-hmm. I know you don't agree with that.
0: Why don't I agree with that?
1: I just know because of that pause, I know you were going to say Rome. Ooh, Gary's very no, no. likable.
0: I got a legit answer now. My favorite character <laughs> oh, you're is Ashley, John's assistant, because she is hiding stuff.
1: Ooh, Let's get into that. Actually, I was trying to think of a good um, segue to that. And I'm glad that you mm. obviously are the king of segues. What is she hiding? So we see in the episode, listeners, she hides... The suicide note she is really dodgy about her being one of the calls he makes before Mm -hmm. he dies by suicide and she stays late at the office and is clearly like deleting files getting rid of some things and i just want to know what was going down because she's acting very cagey
0: i know something shady is happening she knows a lot more than she's willing to say
1: i just don't i don't think it'll be as simple as them having an affair Because why would she delete the business stuff?
0: Yeah, and spoilers, an affair is already someone else's plot line. Mm
1: -hmm. That's true. It's uh, I like the idea of (laughs) plot lines being like slices of pizza up for grabs. Like
0: (laughs) You get the affair. You get the divorce. You get cancer. Yeah,
1: you have the 1% of men with breast cancer storyline.
0: But I think she played some role in the suicide.
1: Okay, I... The reason I don't think that Mm -hmm. is because I think they show his suicide fairly responsibly in that they don't show it, which is good. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You can see her running after him and screaming no. And maybe that was for show, but I feel like she was genuinely caught off guard because she looks genuinely shaken. Mm. But I feel like maybe she thinks, damn, if we hadn't committed that tax fraud together for two, three straight years... Or I don't know what. Obviously not tax fraud, but something.
0: Yeah, I think it's like that. why would she, she delete those
1: files?
0: Yeah, I don't think she wanted him to die that way or mm-hmm. to die at all. Yeah. But I think something that they did together pushed mm-hmm. him in that direction. And she knows she has a connection to whatever oh. led to it.
1: Okay, then we're in total agreement. I agree. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it is. Because if you remember at one point after the funeral, when the guys go to his office to pick up their Bruins tickets... Because uh, cause he was the one that always bought the season passes and never accepted their money for it. They ask her something like, where does he keep his tickets? Something. And they and she kind of snapped and was like, why does everyone think I know something that I don't? Or or why does everyone think, like, I'm in the know? Mm. And I was like, girl, you wouldn't say that if you weren't in the know on something.
0: Yeah, like, stop being suspicious. Calm down.
1: Yeah, you don't just say stuff like that. Like, you, you don't blurt stuff like that out loud unless the opposite is the case.
0: Also... Why would she keep the suicide note? Why would you hide it instead of like I shred it, burn it? Like if you don't want people to find it, why would you just hide it?
1: I bet it's already such an egregious thing to take a suicide note because he had his wife's name written on it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe it feels so awful as it is to cover your tracks and take that note that maybe she just can't bring herself to, to permanently dispose of it.
0: I can't see that. I would at least take it
1: home. That's true. I I certainly, I mean, I don't ever I don't actually don't even want to put that juju out there of putting myself in that situation. But my recommendation to her is <laughs> at the very least don't leave that note. She has it just on top of her files in her desk. I have never yeah. hidden every anything like that. On top of my things, it just in plain sight. I mean, maybe it's like she wants someone to find it. Oh. Because if they had opened one of them drawers to get those tickets, I'm sure it would have jiggled and come open, and there on top of everything is that blue folder that says Delilah on it. Ooh, it's a folder. So do you think it's a letter, or do you think maybe it's like files she doesn't want the wife to see?
0: I think it's files, maybe plus a letter or a note. Yeah, yeah but now I'm thinking maybe she wants someone to find it, but just not the wife.
1: Word. Also, it was very confusing that no one checked John's phone's call log after his death. Like Like the
0: police didn't think to do that? The police, because
1: they have this moment in the office, and that's when they realized John, one of the calls he made was to his assistant before he died, and I don't know. Even if it's a cut and dry thing, why wouldn't you check his call log just to see who he called right before?
0: Seems like a sloppy investigation.
1: They just took her word for it that his last call was closing some kind of big business deal, which is another one of the spoilers. It's actually very sweet, the, the last big real estate purchase he makes.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a fun little plot point.
1: Yeah, it's very sweet. I have to assume this is ABC's answer to This Is Us, and I think with shows like that, you'll have your happy tears moments and sad tears moments. So a couple of the spoilers were happy tears moments, but for the most part, it was sad tears.
0: Yeah, very sad. Like when John's daughter sang a song.
1: Yeah, that Joni Mitchell song. Yeah, that was really sad.
0: Okay, now that we are on a sad note, (sighs) what's your rating for A Million Little (laughs) Things?
1: Sometimes I'm scared. I laugh like Tommy Wiseau in the room where he's like, ha 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 ha. ha, ha. What a funny story, Mark. And so I feel like maybe I imitate that laugh so much that now sometimes I'm, I seriously am like, ha ha ha. So sorry, that's an aside. Uh, my rating for A Million Little Things. I would recommend to our viewers to watch again seriously. I really liked it. I get that the show had some irresponsible approaches to mental health, but I think overall it'll be good to move conversations forward. I love the intrigue. I love the love between the friends. I love the fact that these guys are bros, but now we're finally exploring uh, another side to masculinity and like opening up to your friends and actually crying with them. So I'm into it and I'm a little bit messy. I want to see how these affairs turn out. Um, And I want to know what that assistant is hiding. What Mm -hmm. about you? Mm -hmm.
0: So my recommendation, I'm going to kind of go with something different. I'm going to recommend you binge it. So I don't think this is something I would want to watch weekly. Like I don't want little doses of very sad topics each week. So I say wait till the season's done and then just power through it all. Get your tears out. See some good juicy gossip moments as well. Yeah. So I'm not going to watch it while it's airing weekly.
1: I think that's a really good point.
0: Yeah, people should come back to it. I probably won't, but you all should.
1: I think that's a really good point. That's how I watch Bojack Horseman. I tried to space out the episodes because they made me so sad, but it's so good. But uh, I found it easier to actually just do them all in a row and not get them over with because it's such a good show, but you just get real sad. And mm-hmm. then you have to climb out of it. I do, I to do, do a lot of office as a chaser to BoJack Horseman. But yeah, I think that's a really good recommendation, Beach.
0: Thank you. If you want to hear more of our recommendations, head to thepilotpodcast.com. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And please leave us reviews and ratings because it makes us feel
1: good. We gather our self-confidence from the five-star ratings you give us. So please keep sprinkling those on us like the salt bay guy follow us on twitter and on instagram at the pilot pod like us on facebook at the pilot podcast and send ooh, send new phrases that we may have never heard of like a million little things is a friendship or whatever to ask the pilot podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening
0: bye